Our speaker today is Dr. Sara Saeed Khurram, co-founder and CEO of Sehat Kahani. Sara is the first and only woman in her entire family to ever run a business of her own. She tells us that she's pitched to investors while cooking a meal for her family and still managed to secure the investment. Sehat Kahani is the first female-led company in Pakistan to raise a pre-series A round of a million dollars. She is also the only female-led company in Pakistan to raise a Series A round in its history. Sara is also the first female in Pakistan to receive the Rolex Award and her work was just featured in the iconic British Vogue magazine. In her talk, Sara tells us about three hurdles she overcame to successfully turn her purpose into an enterprise. Let's listen to Sara. Who are you? This was a question that was asked to a 26-year-old woman who was tending to her garden in Lahore, Pakistan. That by her neighbor. Today I'm going to tell you a story about that woman, about her pursuit of her dream, and her determination, her grit to get there. So eight years ago, that woman standing in her garden, who was asked by her neighbor who she was, was me. I'm Dr. Sara Saeed Khurram. And after asking this question, she asked me, what do you do? And I became silent. I didn't know the answer to that question. I was a doctor, but my pursuit into my medical degree or my medical profession was done because of societal expectations. In Pakistan, if you're a woman and if you have a medical degree, you have a high social stature. And guess what? You have the best hand in marriage. So coming from a middle class family when resources were limited and money was short, my parents thought that their best bet was making me a doctor. So since I didn't want it, I still had to study 15 years to get into that medical college. And the day I entered into that medical college, I realized that 90% of my class was women and therefore the same dream. But as we progressed through different years of medical college, I saw their aspirations changing from becoming a great doctor to a good doctor bride. So many of my peers gave up on their medical profession after they get the degree and turned into societal expectations of becoming a homemaker or a housewife and not pursuing their career. I didn't care about medicine, but that changed in the last year of medical college. There was a transformational moment that rekindled my love for medicine. There was a religious convert who was ousted from his community and was on the streets for eight days and he got pneumonia. Because I was working in the largest tertiary care hospital, he was brought to my bed. And everyone around me told me that he's going to die in the next two days. But looking at him, I realized that I had a superpower that he didn't have. I was a doctor and I could save his life. So for the next two years, next two weeks, I studied every book there was on pneumonia. I talked to every doctor I could find. And two weeks later, he left the hospital smiling and in prayers. And that made me realize what a power a doctor can have. And that made me fall in love with medicine. But my profound moment of realization didn't last long. I also got married right after my graduation. I became a doctor bride. I started my residency in radiology to pursue my career after marriage, but I had to quit it because I got pregnant. So nine months later, when my neighbor asked me what I, what I was doing, I was in postpartum depression. I was lost, and I didn't know what to do. And when I was pregnant, I was doing a small community clinic in a slum. So a few days later of this question, the nurse from that community clinic in Karachi called me, and between Karachi and Lahore, there's a 1,200-mile distance. 
She called me and she said that she couldn't find a replacement for me in that hospital. So can I do a remote consultation? And I started doing consultations on call. And so to see the patient better, we converted to video calls. And that gave me an instant realization that if I'm in Lahore and she's in Karachi and I can consult from my home, why can't we create a network of doctors that can do that across Pakistan? And that's what led to Sehat Kahani. Sehat Kahani means story of health and was written to change many health stories in Pakistan. It's a network of female doctors that come together, consult from their homes, and provide consultations to patients across Pakistan using a chat, audio, and video consultation platform. So I found my purpose as a doctor, but what came forward was the hurdle that I faced. At 26, a doctor coming from a middle-class family, I had no business knowledge, I had no financial knowledge, I had no entrepreneurial knowledge. My family thought what I was going through was a mixture of postpartum depression, boredom, and obsession turned into one to prove myself. And very honestly, I myself did not know if I could do it. A few days later, I participated in a startup competition. It was between 10 countries, and the award money was $25,000. Coming from Pakistan, this was my first solo trip as a woman. This was the first time I get on a stage, and this is the first time I pitch and I came back with the first prize. So that gave me some validation that maybe this idea could work, but my family didn't think so. So what I did was I asked them for six months of my life. I said, if you give me six months and I pilot this, and if it works, I'll continue. They thought I've gone crazy. I'll either quit or continue with my medical career. So in those six months, I knocked every door to give me a clinic so that I can pilot my telemedicine platform into. And I was met with a lot of laughters, a lot of smirks, a lot of disbelief that this can't happen. The idea of a female doctor sitting at home and providing consultations to patients was surreal at that time. This is 2015. But I kept on it and found a clinic just at the end of the sixth month. And it was a triumph. The, the moment we set that telemedicine clinic in that low-income area, patients started coming in because they were so much in need of quality healthcare. But doing that, somewhere in my mind, I thought, was this me? Did I get lucky? Or did this happen because of my effort? In the next two years of building Sehat Kahani, I went heads-on. I worked 18 to 20 hours a day. I had a miscarriage, a pregnancy, a healthy daughter. I enrolled into a master's program. I enrolled myself into incubators, accelerators. I won accolades. I won awards for the work. And soon, Sehat Kahani turned from an idea to a full-fledged business of social impact in Pakistan. We got a lot of recognition, and I got a lot of recognition for my work as well. But somehow in the middle of that, I was grappling between a lot of different roles. I was a mother, a CEO, a daughter, a wife, all at the same time, and I was changing personalities like clothes several times a day. How many of us do that as women every day? And I wasn't happy doing it all because I thought that everywhere, every role that I had, I wasn't giving it enough. So then I started talking to a mentor a life coach, and she told me that I had two things. I had the imposter syndrome, which is very evident with the way I speak, but I also had something that South Asian women have as a complex additional layer. I also have what is called cheerophobia. It is the inability to feel happiness because you're in constant guilt and because you don't want to feel vulnerable and disappointed with your failure. Because as a woman back in my country, you need to have it all to be perfect, to be counted. 
So through her, she started telling me of all the work that we are doing in low-income areas, of all the people that we were impacting. We were impacting people with breast cancer. We were diagnosing thyroid cancer on video. We were treating long-term infertility. We were treating domestic abuse. And the female doctors that we were bringing back, we were giving them self-esteem. We were giving them financial inclusion. We were giving them social inclusion. And through her, I understood that I had to break that mental barrier and unshackle myself to understand that I'm a woman CEO, which is a full-time working mother, and though I can't do it all together, I can do everything appropriately and still be counted and still be heard and still celebrate. So in 2019, as the company progressed for over four years, we were doing great. We were a social enterprise. Our clinics were running in low-income areas in Pakistan. But still, people back in my country thought that maybe this is not a company that will scale or become profitable or will become a global or a regional player. So I got the opportunity to go to Singapore and attend a course by INSEAD, and there I learned a term which is called impact business. It's a business that creates impact but also creates profit. So I came back from Singapore with a newfound realization that not only will I make Sehat Kahani an impact business, but I will make it an impact business with profit. So me and my co-founder started working on an app for urban users. By this time, Pakistan's population was 250 million people, and half of our population has access to smartphones and internet connectivity. So it was a good time to start. The mobile application did the following. It would allow any smartphone user anywhere in the world, including you and me, to download an application and connect to a doctor in less than three clicks, and less than 60 seconds through an instant consultation option. So clearly, a lot of people looked at me as I've gone crazy the second time around. They looked at me with skepticism, saying that either I'm cheating on my earlier purpose, or I'm being impractical, and I don't have what it is to become a tech founder. But by this time, I had seen what my purpose was. Sehat Kahani's purpose was to democratize healthcare access for all using technology. Whether it's a person using it in a rural area or an urban area does not matter. We wanted to create personalized healthcare for everyone so that diseases get diagnosed earlier and doctors reach patients earlier. So we started working on the application. And the application had two purposes. The application allowed individual consumers in their homes to access a doctor, but also allowed corporate users to access it through their insurance for their family's coverage as well. And as we started making this MVP, COVID happened in the country. Pakistan's population, as I said, is 240 million. 50% of our population never sees a doctor in their lifetime. We have less than half a doctor for 1,000 patients because of our Dr. Bright phenomena, because so many women out of our workforce do not work. So when COVID came in the country, it was a moment where disaster was just beginning. So Sehat Kahani got the opportunity to work with the government of Pakistan to provide primary health care through telemedicine for everyone who was in a lockdown. And that created a disruption. In the next three months, we have thousands of patients using our mobile application, coming to our clinic, and many corporates using our service for their employees and family benefits. As we stand here today, Sehat Kahani has become the leading telemedicine platform in Pakistan. In low-income areas, we have 65 e-health centers where rural patients who've never been to a doctor come into our clinic and get treated by a nurse, and through a nurse, they connect to an online doctor. In the urban market, we have 1.5 million users. 
We are the leading corporate insurance peer. We are providing insurance services of OBD to 750 corporates, and we have 1.5 million users on our app. In all, we've provided consultations to 2.5 million people. And this is just the beginning. Now, Sehat Tahani is also launching into the MENAP region to take ourselves not only regional, but one day global. So as I stand here today, and as I look in myself and ask myself the question, who am I? I say I'm a female founder, I'm a doctor, I'm an entrepreneur. But I'm also a woman who decides for herself what she wants and sees herself in her eyes and through what she wants to become rather than what society aspired her to become. And I urge you all to take this away, take this, this one key moment away in your life. Whenever you stand in the mirror as a founder, as a leader, as a politician, as a bureaucrat, as anyone who's trying to make a change, whenever you look in the mirror, ask yourself the question, who do you want to be? Not like how society aspires or molded you to be. Thank you.